Support for this episode comes from Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why Viator has over 300,000 bookable experiences, so there's always something for everyone. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. What's up, everybody? Welcome in to the preseason version of the 2023 NFL season's Bleeding Green Nation instant reaction show. I'm Jess Taylor. I'm here with Shane Half, as always. We're getting back into it. The Eagles are finally, finally, finally back. The NFL season is around the corner. A couple more weeks left. But just to get into a little bit of the interesting stuff that we're starting to see in preseason, obviously, you know, it's not a hugely entertaining thing, especially when the starters aren't playing. But you've got a couple fringe guys that you're looking to see battle to make the roster. You're looking to see a couple different pieces and how they're going to play out, get some playtime from some of the rookies and see how some of these competitions are, are going to resolve themselves going into camp. Obviously, they've got the upcoming joint practices with the Browns, which is why most of the starters didn't play. They really value those joint practices over these preseason games. Shane, you and I were talking earlier about how these preseason games are starting to become more and more obsolete and you know they may end up doing away with them all together. A lot of the players have also talked about how much they hate the preseason and how much more helpful to them that these joint practices are as well. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see the NFL slowly start to phase out preseason. I mean, we've gone from four games to three games already. I wouldn't be surprised, especially as the NFL continues to want to elongate the season if the preseason just sort of gets absorbed. But um, yeah, I mean, very vanilla schemes. You're not seeing starters play. It's I, as kind of like a guy that dives into the draft, I, it's always interesting seeing like the rookies play, but even that's right. hard when the announcers don't even say players' names because they don't even know them yet. And I don't have all the numbers down. So it's just a different experience uh, watching a preseason game, but it's good that football's back in some capacity. Right. And at this point, there's so many guys on the roster in some capacity that, you know, sometimes th- there's double numbers, right? Like, They've got a couple, I think the Eagles, I think Deion Kane and, and Eli Rooks are, are the, are the, are, yeah, are the, the same number. Like just a couple guys have the same number. You don't really know what's what, but um, you know, you, you see some guys out there battling for roster spots and you see the flashes of things. Like, as you said, you know, big into the draft, you see, you know, Jalen Carter gets a hit on the quarterback, his first snap as an Eagle. Um, you see Sidney Brown out there flying around a little bit, some promise from, from some of those young guys that, you know, you get glimpses of what you're going to be excited to see, see come the season. But as you said, you know, kind of very vanilla. We talked about it, I think probably last season as well. People, you know, still somehow manage to get up in arms about preseason, even though we know this is sort of what we're expecting to see. The Eagles were just not really doing much, and people were getting concerned about what they were going to see come come the season. And obviously, you know, we we saw what the Eagles did with last season. So given the starters didn't play tonight, they have, you know, these joint practices coming up. What are some of the things that you saw tonight, at least, that were, you know, kind of do we call them takeaways based on it being just a preseason game or some you know, like little positive things that you were like, okay, here's a glimmer of something that that'll be good to see it develop through the rest of camp and the rest of preseason. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I thought 
obviously the the offensive line looked good, uh, especially mm-hmm. when Tanner McKee was in the game. I mean, McKee was like never under pressure. It felt like he had all day to yeah. sit back there and throw. And we know the Eagles build through the trenches more than maybe any other team. So it should be no surprise that their second and even third team offensive lines are dominating uh, their defensive counterparts. But uh, so I thought McKee looked really good. I thought the offensive line kept him clean. Uh, I smiled inside on the, I think it was a fourth and one. I tweeted this clip out, but they sent a receiver in motion and did the little uh, RPO flat thing that they just smashed on every third and short before they started the tush push last year. This was the third and fourth down play. Uh, I broke it down numerous times in all 22. I mean, it was all the way back to the Vikings game last year. They ran it twice on the Vikings. And then they ran like a little flat wheel combination out of it and got Trevon Diggs with it against the Cowboys. And so uh, they went to that well, and that was kind of fun to see. And on the fourth and goal that they went for it and didn't get it, it was that same play. And that time it got covered up uh, in the flat. And I thought, you know, it was a savvy move by McKee with his, it's a one read play and it wasn't there for him to just sort of backpedal and at least throw the ball into the end zone and give somebody a chance instead of taking a sack or throwing it away on fourth down, I thought was, that's a pretty savvy move for a sixth round rookie. So uh, I was impressed with McKee. Uh, I mean, I was not impressed with Ian book. I would say McKee already has the QB three slot locked up if the Eagles are going to carry three quarterbacks. But uh, by the way, Ian book had 11 dropbacks tonight and he completed one pass. So one for four. And I think he had two sacks and five scrambles. Uh, Just does not want to throw the football. Uh, Was exciting to watch run though, I guess. So, uh, we might be having some technical difficulties here. Uh, so this is this is unprecedented on this show. But somebody in the chat here, tell me if you can hear me because Jess can't hear me um, or see me. I got you back. I just okay, got Jess you back. Got me you back. Just Perfect. Back it is the preseason for us as well, and we're suffering through some technical difficulties. <laughs> preseason here, but, for everybody. Yeah, but the, they're going to bring in. They, they might. They might bring in the starting podcasters for the first 10 minutes of the show next week. Uh, we'll see before they bring us back in to replace them. Uh, anyway, and the other thing, I know Marcus Mariota, and I, he's not the best passer of the football, but he does give you some juice on the ground. And I don't know how that, I, I think I, I talked with Johnny on an EPA podcast last week, previewing the Eagle season. And obviously we don't want to see Hertz miss any games, but if he does, the things that the Eagles might try to do offensively with a quarterback that can run like Mariota and that rushing attack, and he can't really throw the ball, like to see the full creativity of Jeff Stoutland at, at their disposal. I think it would be interesting just to see that offense constructed around Mariota, you know, maybe in a week 18 game after they've locked up a bye or something like that. But Mariota gives you a lot of juice as a runner, but not much as a passer. Uh, so it'd be interesting to see how the Eagles style an offense around him if they ever have to. Okay, so Jess is going to leave and come back here for a second, and uh, we'll see if we can get that audio fixed. Sorry, Rachel, you're going to have to edit all this later. But um, I'll talk defense here for a minute. A, a couple guys that stood on defense for me, obviously Jalen Carter uh, flashed early. And it's hard to keep track of defensive line and stuff in those preseason games. So I didn't notice him a lot after that. I'm not sure what his snap count was, but obviously made a splash play early on. Um, Sidney Brown is another guy that really impressed me in this game. I mean, he, he's flying around everywhere. He loves to come downhill and hit. He led the team with nine tackles 
so he, 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 he's running around like crazy. He missed a couple tackles too, but I think that's sort of what you get with him. He's a guy that likes to fly downhill and try to make plays. And I, I hope he's able to carve out a spot on this team. I would like to see him take that starting safety role from Terrell Edmonds. Uh, that was kind of my call going into camp. I thought he would start alongside Marcus Epps and it hasn't panned out that way through training camp, but I do really like what I see from Sidney Brown. I think he's going to be a really valuable role player and special teamer early on, even if he's not able to win that starting job. He's going to be someone I think that comes in, gives you a spark, right? Someone who's going to come in and give you that spark sort of where you need it. And he's going to be kind of, obviously Reed Blankenship had to come in last year as that guy to, you know, when there were injury issues, but he kind of came in and was that guy. He was sort of flying around, hard hitter, and he was the guy who kind of ignited that a little bit of a spark here and there. And I think that's what Sidney Brown could could do for them and obviously, you know, be be an asset for them on special teams as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I, I said during the draft process that his absolute floor was like a big nickel slash core special teamer. And he could already give you that. I'm hoping he can give them more even early into the season and sort of uh, get into that role. What's going to be really interesting to watch is the Eagles log jam at the cornerback position because Eli Ricks had had a pretty rough training camp, but obviously he gets the pick six tonight, which you're on like a third or fourth string quarterback, right. you know, but he, he had really good coverage on a couple other plays and the Eagles just have so many guys at cornerback. I mean, Ooh, my power just flickered. So if you lose me, uh, we've got a thunder. Oh, it's getting volume. spicy in here. Yeah, we've got a thunderstorm going on here, and my power just flickered. I guess it wasn't enough to actually get rid of my internet, uh, but I thought it was going to be. So anyways, uh, I was just saying that I think it's – you look at their log jam at cornerback, and obviously uh, your starting trio is set. Darius Slay, James Bradbury, Avante Maddox, as long as he's healthy. But then you look at all the guys after them, Josh Joe, Zach McPherson, Keely Ringo, Eli Ricks, Greedy Williams, like – all those guys could legitimately make a push for the roster. And how many corners are you going to keep? Are you going to keep six? Are you going to keep seven? Like, I don't think you can keep seven. I don't even know if you keep six, but I, I do think Greedy Williams is going to not make this roster. I thought he had a really rough game tonight that right before half, the Ravens were out of timeouts and they threw a pass at Greedy Williams and he hit the guy. Now that might've done it for Shane's power. That definitely, pro I think, did it with Shane's power. As you can see, I think <laughs> Shane has lost his power, lost his internet for the moment. I'm sure he will be back. As I'm sure he said, Rachel uh, was he. Rachel's not with us tonight with uh, with the show. He is producing this, so he will get himself back in here in a second once his internet connects back on. Right now, that's a little bit creepy that you can see his power going out in that in that there, but. Yeah, I think he's he's making a good point here. Uh, you know, we'll have to get back to him on on what play he was talking about specifically there. But when it comes to corner, it's going to be one of those things where you're not sure how many of them are going to make the roster. They do have a lot of guys there, especially. And one of the other things for them is, you know, and it was something it was a concern going into the season last year, right? It was, you know, they had these two lockdown guys at corner, especially, and then you have your third with Avante Maddox playing inside. But from there, the concern is going to be you know, the, the depth, right? So, you know, we talk about the depth with the, with both of the lines, both on the offense and the defense, the amount of depth that they have there where their first, second, third string offensive line players, defensive line players 
it's just a matter of being fresh. It's very interchangeable. Obviously, you don't want a Lane Johnson, Jason Kelsey, Landon Dickerson, Jordan Mailata, um, or Cam Jorgens to get hurt. You don't want to lose any of those guys. But the way that they have the depth at offensive line, the way that they are prepared, you are constantly able to switch them in and out. The concern with the secondary is, yes, you have a lot of guys there fighting to make this roster, but if you get into any sort of injury concern or any injury situation, are you able to rely on them the same way you're able to rely on a, you know, one of the offensive linemen to be able to come in and, and help you in that situation? So that's going to be what they have to look at there. Obviously, you know, as he said, Eli Ricks had a good game tonight, um, You know, a little bit rougher in the beginning. He was playing against a third string quarterback, but he has the pick six. He has a couple more go through, you know, a little bit, a couple seconds where he could have jumped him to, to get his hands on the ball a little bit, playing really well in coverage and, you know, starting to feel that a little bit. You saw him starting to talk trash with some of the receivers and, and things like that. And, you know, how's your power? Is your power back? <laughs> It, it is. Our power went off just long enough for my internet to go out. You're and doing amazing. Then I had to, the whole router had to restart, and I'm scrambling frantically around the house trying not to wake everybody up. It was great. So you'll have to tell us what play you were talking about with Greedy Williams right before the half. But I will say it froze you right as your power went out. So it was this weird, like, still bright from the computer, but dark everywhere else. It was a little it was a little creepy within the thunderstorm, but it, it was very clear what had happened. So no worries. We're just talking a little bit about continuing on making the team here in terms of, of as you put it, the log jam at, at corner. But it's a place where, you know, in, in my opinion, there's there's a little bit of talent there. But unlike, you know, an offensive line or defensive line for the Eagles, for example, where they have all of the depth in the world, if one person goes down, it's a pretty, you know, you don't want to lose any of the starters, but more of a seamless transition in the type of depth that they have. When it comes to corner, you know, if you lose in any sort of injury situation, a James Bradbury or a uh, Darius Slay or an Avante Maddox, who comes in there that is, you know, you are able, you are putting on this roster that you're able to trust to take the spot of of some of those really, really key starters that are so big for you. Um, but what was the play that, that you were talking about sort of right before half with, with Greedy Williams? Yeah, it was but right before halftime. It set Justin Tucker up for the 60-yard field goal that, of course, he hit because Justin Tucker is amazing. Uh, but the Ravens were out of timeouts, and they threw near the sideline, and at the guy Greedy Williams was covering. And Greedy Williams had him in his hands. I mean, he had him wrapped up, but he didn't bring him down. The guy breaks the tackle and is able to get out of bounds. And if, if Greedy Williams makes that tackle, the half's over. The Ravens don't have a timeout. But because he didn't, the guy gets out of bounds and mm -hmm. they have a chance to kick the field goal. So that's a, that's a mistake that maybe a rookie makes. A vet player cannot make that mistake. You have to wrap up and bring that guy down in that situation. You don't need a breakup. You don't need... In fact, it's better if he catches the ball and you tackle him in bounds than trying to break a play up or go for a big hit. Just get him to the ground there. and uh, that That's a pretty big mistake for a guy that hasn't really shown much in, in camp and had a pretty rough game in general. Uh, I think there's a reason that you saw Greedy Williams playing later into this game, and I think he's very low on the pecking order in terms of mm -hmm. corners that might make this yeah. roster. 
Yeah, for sure. It'll be interesting to sort of see how that that plays out over the next next couple weeks. Off the top of your head, do you know when the next round of cuts happen? You know, 53 isn't until end of August, I believe, if not early September. When is the next round to get, I believe? Um, so actually last year, or maybe it was actually this year is the first year it changed. I can't remember, but it actually goes straight from 90 to 53 now. And so you're allowed to carry 90 on the roster all the way through the preseason. And then it's at some date after the last preseason game is when you're cut down day to 53. I think last year is the first year they had that rule, but it's the Tuesday after the last weekend of preseason. You go from 90 to 53. Are, are you still there? Did we lose you now? Okay, I'm, I'm going to go to a few comments here. Uh, we've got Patrick chiming in on YouTube, asked if anyone else got stuck watching the Ravens broadcast. Uh, it, the, one, the one fourth down play that I thought it was a touchdown because they like put it to like an eighth of my screen so they could put the Chargers game on the side, and that really annoyed me. So I don't know what broadcast I was watching, but uh, it was not a good one, that's for sure. Uh, it says the Ravens organization would cease to exist without preseason games. Yeah, anytime you're putting a quarterback that was in the Pro Bowl last year in in the third quarter to make sure you win a preseason game, that's pretty pathetic, uh, in my opinion. Let's see. Go Birds. We always like the Go Birds comments here. Um, let me scan through. Had me on our lads cross-referencing numbers to names. Yeah, we talked about that a little bit earlier. There was a couple of those. It was a uh, Moro Ojimo and one of the offensive linemen share a number two, and that one confused me a little bit. Uh, Patrick says, I see why Mariota is now a backup. He just doesn't have the accuracy. Uh, is it something he's doing wrong with his motion or his footwork? I haven't really watched him that in depth. I'd have to watch him a little more in depth and get back to you on that. But his feet, uh, as point out here, his feet are fast, but he needs Jalen's offseason program for sure. And I think when you have the offensive line and the rushing attack that the Eagles are expected to have, I mean, the Falcons were competent last year with Mariota. They weren't good. They were competent behind a really good running game and running a college offense. And I think you could do that if you needed to, to get by. You would have to change the offense less for Mariota than you had to change it for Gardner Minshew, in my opinion. So uh, I do think that that's better. Patrick saying the podcast gods have cursed us tonight. It's definitely the preseason. We warned you guys, this is the preseason. <laughs> I, hopefully, hopefully I will not be having power go out and Jess will not be having Wi-Fi troubles, especially not in the same night uh, during the regular season. This just goes to show preseason for everybody. It, we we are out here just as, as the Eagles were tonight and missing tackles and doing all that kind of stuff. But like you said with Mariota, how did it just show you a little bit that it was that we are just so lucky and can we we all just be so thankful that Chip Kelly did not get his way for the love of God? <laughs> yeah, although in a in an alternate universe, maybe it works out. I don't think so, but who no. knows? Quarterbacks are so much a product of their environment. Um, yeah, th this this show more than anything, it just goes to show you that Rachelle is the glue that holds the show together. Rachelle sure. is not behind the glass producing tonight. I think she went to the game, uh, so she's not here. And without her, 
Jess and I are just like mess. paper clipping and duct taping this thing, trying to hold it together until our fearless leader returns. So I promise you, we will have it together by week one. No, no matter what, we will have ourselves together by week one, and you will get to hang out with us at eleven o'clock every week because the Eagles have only primetime games all season long, and it'll be thrilling. You'll get to see us at eleven p.m. on Sunday, Monday, and Thursdays. It'll be great. I'm pretty stoked personally about the schedule because I often miss kickoff for the one o'clock games. So the first thing I always check is how many one o'clock games do the Eagles have on Sunday? And this year it's only three. And that's the best schedule I can ever remember. But I did my preview show with Johnny and he was talking about how he'll never get to watch games live in the UK. He's always going to have to watch them the next morning. I was like, yeah, that does really kind of stink for you. But I was happy about it. But I guess for him, he will probably get to watch them while everyone's still asleep before everybody gets up. So he'll still be able to get like churn out content right away before other people can get to watching the game, a you know, second and third time to be able to get their, get their stuff out. So he does still have a leg up in some capacity. Yeah. But this schedule, Oh my God, this is going to be so it's oh, for you and your time difference. I'm, I'm happy for you that you don't have to miss kickoff, but for me and my sanity of trying to sleep with a, a toddler in my home, Forget it. Forget it. I'm just going to get no sleep until the end of the football season. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. As long as they sleep. win the games, I don't care. Yeah. There's nothing worse than a midnight post game show for a loss. Oh, so, so, so brutal. So thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. All right. One more comment that I think we need to touch on here and then we will get out of here. If this says one of the BGN podcasters has said that if Jalen goes down, that our offense will consist of Mariota running a lot. Just make defenses guess which runner has the ball this time. Uh, I can't even think about that. Let's just look at this and say, I am so thankful that Jalen Hurts is our quarterback and call it at that. What do you think, yeah, Shane? I think I don't want to see Jalen Hurts on a football field until September. I don't need the shot of adrenaline watching him drive down the field against a Tampa two defense for six plays in the preseason. Just nope. keep Jalen and bubble wrap, keep Devonta Smith, keep AJ Brown and bubble wrap off the field. Let, let the tan, let the Tanner McKee show roll on. Please. And thank you. Because if you recall, I completely forgot about this, but my husband reminded me, if you remember Jalen Hurts led them down the field on a drive in the first game of the preseason last year and took a cheap shot out of bounds that almost sent Nick Sirianni to the hospital because he almost had a, an absolute heart, a heart attack on the sideline. I can't, we cannot have that happen, anything like that. And especially with all the freak injuries happening around the NFL right now, like you said, bubble wrap the three of them. September, I don't care if they don't get the work in in preseason. Practice is enough. Joint practices are enough. Absolutely. So next week, we'll hope to see a little bit, maybe a little bit more of some of the starters. Maybe we'll see some clips, I'm sure, coming out of camp this week. They'll be really good um, because the work that you get against some of these other teams in a very controlled environment is is definitely really positive for these, these squads. So we'll get some stuff coming out this week. Obviously, we'll keep looking at the content there. We will continue to work on our production skills because clearly Shane and I have none of them. We will work on that. We'll improve there. Um, Rachel, we miss you. And we apologize for all the BS that you have to sort through to be able to get this posted. 
um, we wanted to really make sure that, you know, you, you got to have some fun, even though you weren't here tonight. So thank you everyone for joining with us. Thank you for coming, keeping up with the, the comments here. Thank you for dealing with the fact that our internets and Wi-Fi's and everything were going in and out. But we're excited to have another season with you guys. We'll be back after every game this year. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Go Birds, and we will talk to you next week. Go Birds. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smart Water Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com.